This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. This is A's Cast Live. Your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Watch the left field deep. Bam going back. Looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back. Goal for Yelich. Cody Bellinger hits one out. Pete Alonso. He's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. So you say there's no baseball game today. Why is there A's Cast Live? Why are we talking about September? Why are we talking about the chase? for the division because as Bill Belichick once said Commander Cody what did he say on the podium after the Super Bowl no days off we don't take the day off and unfortunately the A's don't want to take a day off either but we're trying to do everything we can to keep everybody safe and to have this season and I think one of the strengths of Major League Baseball whether you've agreed with everything they've done. And for the majority of us, we're not scientists or doctors, so our opinions really don't matter. Um, But the fact is they've been willing to change. They've been willing to improve. And I've respected that about the commissioner's office and everybody in baseball. From the Marlins to the Cardinals, saw it with the Mets, saw it with the Phillies. You're not seeing it with the A's. I mean, there's teams that, you know, a guy has tested positive. So what do you do? Well, the number number one thing is you're trying to protect everyone. And if it means canceling a series in Seattle, making sure everybody's not testing positive, getting everybody back home, everybody feels better, you know, you feel safe. That's a big key for the whole traveling party. It's just not the players. It's Bowmel. It's the coaches. It's the trainers. It's Mickey Morbido, the great Steve Vucinich. It's everybody feeling secure as much as you're going to feel secure. Get them back home, reboot, and get ready for the Padres coming to town because this series coming up, you got a big boy series coming up, a big boy homestand. I mean, this is the this is the nitty gritty. I'm already seeing, wait for it, magic numbers up on the board. We told you it's gonna be a can I can I reconfirm that it's gonna be a sprint? I confirm once again that it's going to be a sprint. <laughs> I don't know what's going on on Twitter. I don't know why everybody has to be like, um, I know this person reported this, but I'm now going to confirm what this person reported. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and, and then I'm now going to confirm what that person confirmed, what that person confirmed, and what that person reported is true. Thank you. I want. I, I appreciate everybody confirming everybody out there on Twitter in the baseball world. I really, you know, if it wasn't for you, I don't know if I wouldn't sleep at night. That a bunch of guys, I have no idea who the hell they are, got traded for some actual good players. And we will get into that. But, I mean, some of these guys. I can confirm that the Padres have sent their 14th rated prospect. Who? Good luck, Cleveland, with that. 
But gonna get back, and this is this is huge. You got the Padres, and then you got you got the Astros. This series is paramount to this season. And it's no joke. I mean, you look at it. It's going to be rough. Why is my schedule on my phone say 20? Uh, get back to where, 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 where. 2020. Why is this 2021 schedule? Okay, here we go. Friday, Padres for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then you got Houston for four games. And Houston has the ability to kind of catch up a little bit as the A's aren't playing, if they can handle their business against the Texas Rangers. And now you're going to have a boatload of doubleheaders coming. There's a double, look at the schedule. There's a doubleheader on the 12th. There's a doubleheader on the 14th. Problem with doubleheaders, as the A's are monsters in extra innings, 5-0, and best in baseball, they've won a lot of their games late. Well, guess what? There is nothing late now with doubleheaders. You're playing seven innings. Got to get going early, just like the fast start of the season. You got to start scoring runs early because it's it's a high school doubleheader, baby. Seven and seven, and you're done. And now you're going to play a boatload of them. And who knows how many more. But the key is to get everybody healthy, everybody testing negative, and mentally have all the players and the staff feel secure. And it keeps coming down to one thing. When this is all said and done, we're going to crown a champion. And that champion has been through more than anybody in the history of this game. And anybody, and I will shout down anybody, even if they're a friend of the program, where they say this isn't legitimate, where they say there should be an asterisk. I'm coming at them hard. I will publicly go after them, which to them probably won't matter, but uh, I will just be, you're a moron. You really are tone deaf and don't understand. You're just a writer who's probably hadn't played anything in your life. You don't know much about sports. The only thing you know is how to go into a clubhouse and ask a question and then put it on your computer. If you really don't understand what these, these young men, these coaches, these managers, these front offices You don't think this is weighing on David Forrest? You don't think this is weighing on Billy Bean? You don't think Dave Cavill's thinking about this? You don't think the higher-ups are the A's? And this is 29 other teams, too. And then you got the NBA teams. Then you got the NHL teams. Then you got the NFL teams. I can guarantee this isn't easy for someone like David Forrest at night. Because he cares about these people. Billy Bean cares about these people. And their job is to keep these guys safe, keep them healthy. And they've done such a great job. I'm curious to know how it went down. We may never know. We never know who got it, who was the player, and why they think they got it. Hopefully they're, they didn't break protocol. And they were just unlucky. But the odds are with a lot of these players, knock on wood, they don't feel it. They're asymptomatic. You quarantine that player. And then when that player takes two tests, both are negative, and does them back-to-back, they can come back and play. That's been the one thing that we have learned. I mean, we we have seen players, the Atlanta Braves, Nick Markakis, Freddie Freeman, We've seen guys, Aroldis Chapman, Yankees, Jesus Lazardo, A's. We've seen guys test positive, Cardinals, Marlins. They come back and play. Now, you don't want to spread them throughout the, the traveling party, of course. So that's why quarantine and then hope that once you get going here on Friday, I mean, the next time the A's play, Cody, the date is September 4th. The next time the A's play, when the Astros come here, by the way, it's Labor Day. Yeah, their last game was almost almost a week going. When when they play on Friday against the Padres and Ted Leitner, uh, it'll be almost a week since their last game on that doubleheader on that Saturday. And then 
on Labor Day, not to be confused with Glaber Day on Monday, the Astros are here. It's it's been a really long week, and we've seen a lot of stuff go down. I mean, the you know the the game the game that wasn't played in Texas, and then the game wasn't played in Houston, and then the doubleheader, then this series and the last game of the Astros series. So it's been a long week already for the A's. There's been some positive news on the trade front that we'll get to that's occurred. And well, I I, I like the deal. Which one? Mike Miner. You bring in Mike Miner. Let's face it, Texas stinks. And there's nothing worse than pitching on a bad team. He was an all-star last year. He's a quality talent. You basically gave nothing for him. Bravo to David and Billy and getting something done. Obviously, the Padres are going to walk away like rock stars. They won the trading deadline, which uh, who knows if that means anything. Because I have these statistics in my hand about the Dodgers, that if I'm the Dodgers, oh, you're going to bring Clevenger in? Don't worry, we'll rip him too. (laughs) uh, This isn't the Kansas City Royals, Mike Clevenger. This is the Los Angeles Dodgers. By the way, you mentioned my Yankees. My Yankees. Where's Jeter when you need him, the captain? You want to hear about my Yankees? It's been a brutal time for them. Uh, The Rays' magic number in the AL East is now 22. The Rays are on fire. The Rays are 25 and 11. They've won six in a row. The Yankees are four and a half games back, but boy, does it get worse. And if you hate the Yankees, like I hate the Yankees, you're going to love this. The Rays have won seven of eight against the Yankees this season, including all four games in the Bronx. Remember, they couldn't win at the big, at the what they call it, the big little ballpark in the Bronx. The Rays, the previous, let's see, prior to 2020, the Rays had lost 29 of their last 39 games at Yankee Stadium. Now they're just hammering them. The Yankees are only batting 215 against the Rays this year. The Yankees have dropped eight of their last 11 games, including 0-4 against the Rays. And the Rays are looking to win 10th straight game on the road for the first time in? Franchise history? Franchise history. Oh, that long history of the Tampa Bay Double Rays franchise. Oh. It's hard. It's Isn't it hard? Not to root for them when you're an A's fan. They're us. They're just like, and I know they beat us in the wild card, but I mean, it's a one-game thing. We don't have to worry about that this year. Uh, Cashy, Kevin Cash, their manager, friend of the program, who we had on at the winter meetings. And I asked him down there in San Diego. I said, when you look at the other dugout, is it like looking in a mirror? And he said, yes. When we look over at the A's, we're looking at ourselves. So, I, I I look at this game. I root for the I I root for the Rays. I'd love to see that. I I love seeing Boston stink. Are you kidding me? I love that. I love seeing the Rays take down the Yankees. And I know people. I mean, I've gotten calls from callers going, "Oh, it's better if they were you know, the Yankees for ratings." You know what? I'd rather the Yankees not be great and have the Rays take them down. I mean, we're seeing it with the Yankees not winning without, you know, Judge, Stanton, and, uh, well, Judge came back for a day, and then he won on the IL again. Typical. Who? Uh, then Stanton, you know, Who? he can't Who play. Who did you just mention? Aaron Judge. He came back for like a day after coming off they're the IL. They're still in the league? Yeah. I mean, you would never think because they're always hurt. And now Glaber Torres is hurt. They didn't they – James Paxson's out. They didn't get anybody for the second year in a row. They didn't make any big moves at the deadline which is not like the Yankees, but Brian Cashman's doing a completely different – he's in like a 180 now with how the Yankees operate at the trade deadline. The Rays, they have 11 guys on the – 11 pitchers on the IL. Um, they have – 10 of them um, – the other thing, five of them are uh, – 10 of them are arm injuries. Five of them are season-ending injuries. So 11 guys on the IL, 10 of them are arm injuries. Five of them are season-ending, and here they are. What's, what's their magic number? Uh, you said it was t- uh, 22. 22. That That's incredible. That With all those injuries and what they've done, uh, guys like G-Man Choi, who owns Garrett Cole, he's like 8 for 12 versus Garrett Cole in his career uh, after last night when the Rays won again. 
It's guys like that stepping up to beat the Yankees and in, in, in the Cole, the guy they thought was going to be the, the you know, the, the stopper for them. He's, you know, he's struggling a little bit too. So the Yankees uh, not playing well. I'm okay with that. I'm okay seeing the Rays what, potentially winning the AL East for the first time since 2010. Uh, that's, it's, I think it's good to see some parity in that division. The great Ken Korak, the voice of summer, is going to join us coming up here at 3.30. MLB.com, ranking the 17 deadline deals. How do they rank? Obviously, Padres getting Clevenger, Greg Allen. Uh, who else did they get? They got uh, Noah. Who else did they get? Uh, they got Austin Nola. They got uh, Taylor Williams, who's the closer for the, the Mariners. They got Trevor Rosenthal, who was the closer for the Royals, and he was – Pitching really well. They got Jason Castro from the Angels. Uh, so they got a lot of catching depth, and they got rid of Austin Hedges, who great can't pitch hit. framer, but he can't hit. So you so basically the Cleveland deal is a volume deal. It may be one of those deals, kind of like Josh Donaldson, where not one of these guys ever really does anything. And Padres get Clevenger, who's one of the better pitchers in the game, and he's under control past this year. So you got to give A.J. Preller – uh, some love. The Reds got Archie Bradley from the D-backs. And then number three on this list, they have the A's. They see this being a, a, a nice move. And the question now will be, going forward, it's basically a, an audition. Who is going to be the three that pitch in the three-game series? Who's that three? Because it's changed. I mean, a couple weeks ago, Frankie Montas was guaranteed to be in that, right? Now, I don't know. Bassett was throwing the ball real well. I don't know. I mean, Miner comes in and throws well. He's in there. Mike Fires, you know how bullish I am about Mike Fires. All they do is win when he starts. The numbers prove it. If you look at the A's record when he starts, Whatever the 36 games, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, and I'm not going to look in my – whatever it is, it's over a 700 winning percentage. You got Jesus Lazardo until further notice. So, I mean, I'll throw it to you, Cody. You got your three right now. If you had to say you're going – you can – let's say you got a couple days. You can align it any way you want. Who are your three? After looking at this yesterday, because you and I kind of discussed it yesterday for a little bit, I, I would go Fires for sure because I think he deserves a chance to pitch in the postseason. Um, after the last two years, he didn't get a chance. I'd go with him because he's pitched well recently. I think Lazardo needs to be in there because I think he brings an added element of something that you haven't had in a while from a starting pitcher, and that's this electricity. I think he can do it from starting starting or, as we discussed with him a lot, you, you pitch him out of the bullpen, but I think he starts. And then I think you got to put Miner in there. After, after I know he pitched pretty poor his first couple starts, but he pitched well against the Dodgers. Over the weekend, he won six scoreless. He also has a over the over the last two seasons, he has a seven point six wins above replacement. That's tied with Cole and Verlander for third in baseball. Only Lance Lynn, his former teammate and my friend Jacob Degrom, have higher WAR in baseball than Mike Miner. So you acquired a guy that's been really good the last few years. He comes relatively cheap because you only get him for one month essentially because he's a free agent. And you're you're getting you're hoping he builds off that quality start he had against the Dodgers in his last start of six scoreless innings. So I'd go Miner, Fires, and Lazardo. I don't know what order, but those would probably be the three. Because Montas, you know, Frankie hasn't looked great his last couple starts, and Bassett struggled a little bit, and I think he's a he's a good weapon out of the bullpen as well. So, and then you never know with Shamanaya. He he's been so up and down this year, but he's he's been pitching better lately. But I'd go Fires, Lazardo, and Miner. Not in that order, but somewhere around there. Probably I'd probably start Fires one. One thing that I do like is the ability, like we saw last year, even though it didn't happen in the postseason, but the ability to have Bassett in a series, potentially, and I don't want to count on him because you just can't count on him, but if it does happen, A.J. Puck, I mean, you want to be able to shorten games with some good arms if your starters get into any kind of trouble, I mean, that's Bassett and A.J. Puck right there. I mean, you now, I mean, bringing in minor really strengthens your depth. I think there's no question about it, especially since, like what you just said, Frankie's been off, 
Mania hasn't been great. You know, I still like Bassett, but I, I, I you could be a stronger team with, you know, if you're going to say you need some, you need, you need a little length. And from a right-handed side, you got Bassett. From a left-handed side, potentially you could have AJ Puck, and that could be good. Looking at Miner, Miner's making almost ten million dollars a year. Which, by the way, for a guy who made the All-Star team last year, that's not a whole lot of scratch. And at his age, and in a year like this, and really, I should say, an off-season like this, who's to say he doesn't pitch here, fall in love with it here, deep playoff run, next thing you know, maybe you're inking him up. I mean, this is an audition, right? This is a guy who comes in, and what have all these guys been? What do all the guys say that come in? Man, I got tired of playing against the A's. These guys wore me out. I'm happy to be here. You hear nothing but great things about Bob Melvin, yada, yada, yada. The clubhouse is great. I mean, $10 million for a legit starting pitcher is not, not big money. Especially when the guy, how old is he? 32, 3? Yeah, I think he's 33. I mean, he was a former top guy in the Brave system. And he had a couple years where he kind of wasn't around in baseball. Then he came back with Texas, and he's been really good. Really solid last year. Him and Lynn were both awesome. They they had the moment last year with Minor, what we, we joked about with Chris Woodward, where they dropped the pop-up for him to get to 200 strikeouts. I mean, that's still a cool deal to get to 200 Ks. And he was really good last year. And I, brought, I went over his war number, the 7.6 is the third highest among pitchers in baseball the last two years behind only Lance Lynn, his teammate, and, Gar- and uh, Jacob DeGrom. So – you know what you're getting in him, and from what I read, it sounds like the Rangers are paying half his contract. That's what the Rangers think of you. They're paying half. They're paying half your salary to play against you. So, oh wow. Oh, I'm sorry. It was you really just go. You really just go, <laughs> Dave Justice on me. Well, the, the anniversary of the 20 uh, 20 game winning streak is this week. It's on Friday, so uh, I figured I had to sink it a bit. I, I really like the acquisition of Monitor. It's a low cost move because you know what you can get out of him. He's he's a very serviceable starter the last few years. It's not the minor of you know, prior to him joining Texas when you didn't know what you were going to get from him. And, uh, you know, everyone talked about Lance Lynn being the guy that the, the Rangers will try to move, and they didn't get a chance to move him or Gallo. I thought if the Rays would have got Joey Gallo, uh, the Trop might have might not be standing after this season because how many balls he probably hit into the catwalk. But they, they moved Minor, and they moved uh, Robinson Trinos and, and the Todd father, as we found out. So I really like the move. I also like the Lestella move that happened – after we were off the air on Friday when the ace got LaSalle from the Angels for Franklin Barreto, I like what LaSalle brings playing multiple positions. So a good move to add those two guys to hopefully a deep playoff run, something that we haven't seen in a long time uh, in Oakland. I'm ready for it. It's September, baby. It's going to be right around the corner, and that's fine. Got to play a bunch of doubleheaders. Who cares? Also, Clemens will get through it. Apparently, from what I heard, if they if the Padres want to do this, Looking ahead to Friday, they could start Clevenger in Game One against the A's on Friday, and then that he matches up the pitch in the series that Padres have against the Dodgers. So maybe we'll see Clevenger on Friday, the guy that everyone said the the Padres won the trade deadline. We'll see how he does in, against the A's if he pitches on Friday against the A's, or if they decide to use him uh, th- Thursday night instead. So we'll see. Also, his partner in crime, Zach Plesac, will be on the mound for the first time for Cleveland today. So what did you say? You think it was like sometime like beginning of August? This is like the last yeah, time he, he pitched? He, they, they got banished to the alternate site, and uh, they need pitching right now. So, Clevelinger out, Plesak in. That's interesting because the dynamic of Plesak and his apology, which was not an apology, which was uh, to, go after the, uh, to go after the media, I still kind of shocked how that thing turned out, how – you got to get rid of Clevelinger, but you're going to keep Plesak? That didn't make sense. And, oh, yeah, if you're not paying attention, one of the reasons why we're doing this show is that we're all jonesing for baseball. And, of course, uh, in the Bay Area, this is really the only place you can get baseball on a consistent basis is here on A's Cast Live. Look out for your Chicago White Sox on the what side of Chicago? South side. Are you confirming that they're on the south side of Chicago? Uh, we can confirm with Ken Korak in a few minutes if they play on the south side. The White Sox have won 12 of their last 14 games. They're averaging 6.8 runs per game. 
Jose Abreu has hit safely in each of the 14 games. He's hitting 414 with a 1,426 OPS, nine homers, and 20 RBIs. That's a guy that's looking to make a push for the MVP as your Chicago White Sox. The other uh, nickname, the Pale Hose, are 23 and 13, and they now lead the Central over Cleveland, over Minnesota, one over the Indians, two and a half over the Twins. And oh, by the way, your Twinkies, Cody, they've lost six in a row. They're struggling. They've had nine extra base hits in those six games. Think about that. A team that at 307 home runs have nine extra base hits, and I think it's 19 runs scored over that span. Uh, that is not good for a team that, that relies on extra base hits. And power, they're getting Donaldson back, which is great. They got Kenta Maeda back. He's starting tonight. They're getting Byron Bucks. They're getting guys back, but it's it's not a smooth sailing we thought it would be for, for Minnesota this year because Detroit's playing better. They swept them over the weekend. And then they lost two games prior to that to Cleveland, and they lost last night. So to the White Sox, it's it's not going well for Rocco Baldelli and the in the the Twins up there in the Twin Cities. But I I have faith that they'll they'll bounce back. But hey, Detroit, right? They're 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 climbing the rankings. I mean, they will right, Let's quickly go over the standings before we go to Ken Korak. Tampa leads the East by four and a half over the Yankees. Chai Sox lead Cleveland by a game and Minnesota by two and a half. Your Oakland Athletics still lead the West by two and a half games over Houston. Be a Rangers fan the next couple days. In the National League East, Atlanta leads the COVID Marlins and the Phillies by three. White Sox lead the Central by three over St. Louis, four over Milwaukee. And in the West, the Dodgers just keep pounding people as they lead the Padres by four and a half. The Dodgers' run differential is plus 90. Plus 90. No one sniffs that at all. Coming up next, the voice of your Oakland Athletics. We can't let Ken get rusty. We got to keep Ken in shape. We got to keep him raring to go right here on A's Cast Live. COVID-19 is more than a health crisis. It's a financial crisis for many California families. In this moment, you shouldn't have to worry about keeping the lights on. That's why at PG&E, we want you to know about our programs to reduce bills for customers facing economic hardship, that we've suspended all disconnections because of non-payment, and we can help you save money by using less energy. To learn more, visit safetyactioncenter.pge.com. Robbie Grossman was on A's Cast Live and explained which former A's switch hitter helped him make adjustments to his swing. I made a couple of adjustments in my swing uh, during spring training. And then uh, when I went home for the quarantine, I continued to work on them. I worked out with Jed Lowry in the offseason. And, and the whole time in the quarantine, I got to spend a lot of time with him, picking his brain and hitting with him. He's really uh, he instilled some things in my routine that have really um, paid off early for me. Just looking to continue doing those things in my routine and sticking to my plan and uh, continue to, to try to get better. Baseball's hey. a grind. The, the only thing you can re- kind of revert to is, is ask guys who've been through it and have done this for a long time, i.e. Jed Lowry, and, and just try to pick their brain and, and see what works and say, hey, when, when this is going wrong, what do I do? Or this is going wrong, what do you do? What do you, what do you look for? What do you try to feel? As someone that's had as much success as Jed, he's really been able to help me on some of the aspects that I was lacking in in previous years. And it's really uh, helped me out. And I'm looking forward to continuing to get better at it and continue to build on the early success of that. To hear the full interview and much more, go to athletics.com slash podcast. Some things just go together. Peanut butter and jelly. Cookies and milk. Oakland and Kaiser Permanente. If that last one caught you off guard, it shouldn't, because Kaiser Permanente has been helping keep Oakland healthy since our very beginning. And as the official healthcare partner of the Oakland A's, that won't be changing anytime soon. Whatever you may need, you can trust Kaiser Permanente to help keep you feeling your best. Kaiser Permanente, thrive. Visit kp.org today. Right now, staying connected is more important than ever, and fast, reliable internet from Xfinity can help. We have plans to fit every budget, with speeds up to a gig, all at Xfinity.com. We'll ship you a self-install kit on us. 
to make setup quick, safe, and easy. No tech visit required. And our simple digital tools will help you manage your account online. At Xfinity, we're committed to keeping you connected. Find great offers and value today at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. This is Chris Townsend for the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. If you're looking for some beautiful outdoor dining, then look no further than the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. Come try the world-famous chicken pie dinner that has been served in Southern California for over 80 years and one of the most dynamic menus in Walnut Creek. The Chicken Pie Shop also has a full takeout menu and delivery. You go to chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com. Don't forget, they can also deliver beer, wine, and spirits. You go to chickenpieshopwc.com. You don't need to understand how available adaptive variable suspension works or how pre-collision cameras detect pedestrians in low light. You don't need to understand any of the craft that went into the Lexus ES to feel it. With outstanding connectivity and standard Lexus Safety System Plus 2.0, experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. LSS Plus 2.0 and the pre-collision system with pedestrian detection are not a substitute for safe and attentive driving practices. See owner's manual for additional limitations and details. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Live from Pleasanton. You are looking live from from P-Town, as my old partner Brent Musburger would say. Ken Korak, how are you? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? Well, we didn't want you to get rusty, and I know that uh, you're going to be off for the next couple days, so we want to keep you sharp. So when this thing starts up again on Friday, you're ready to rock. It's like an abrupt change in our habits because we worked almost every day, right? I think the A's played like 27 out of 28 days. Now we're off for four days. So I appreciate you thinking about me that way because, um, yeah, I want to make sure that I'm ready to go when we start on Friday. Uh, Obviously, that's just (laughs) a joke. But, uh, you know, when I start thinking about when the team does come back and we talked about the trade, you know, Miner is a guy that, you think about a change in scenery because that Texas ball club isn't very good. I mean, obviously, it's a season where it's a lost season, and it's amazing where change of scenery can be so big for a player, right? Like, all of a sudden, he goes from, uh, am I going to take a vacation? Am I going to start playing a lot of golf? To Now, he's going to be on a team that's going to be in the postseason with, with a chance to, to make a run here. Yeah, and like you and Cody were saying earlier, he pitched really well on his last start against the Dodgers. And in my understanding from reading some stuff about him was that he is really dedicated to his routine and his throwing program, and he's very meticulous with that. Chris, and you and I have talked before on these shows that we didn't know how certain pitchers, position players too, but pitchers especially, uh, would deal with a shortened uh, summer camp and having to ramp up quickly and that routines would be thrown off. And so it might, and I think he even talked about this, that he experienced a little bit of a dead arm in his first two or three starts with the Rangers. So he wasn't quite right. There's been a lot written about how his fastball velocity is down from last year. Well, I watched the, the first three innings of that start uh, earlier today, watched the, the, the game that he pitched against the Dodgers. He was consistently hitting 93 with his fastball. So fastball, like cutter, slider, changeup, curveball combination. He blanked them for six innings. He worked out of a two-on and nobody-out situation in the first inning in that game. So I, I thought he looked a lot like the minor that we saw last year. He's one of these guys who's really into the spin rate, and he can elevate his fastball. And so I think from that standpoint, too, we've seen this with Mike Fires. If you can get your fastball up on that plane and keep it there, uh, that really plays at the Coliseum, too. Yeah, because it's, you know, if we're talking about launch angle and launching the ball, when you got a high strike, uh, it's tough to get, it's tough to do that for a hitter. And it's one of the reasons why certain people believe the electric strike zone will be good for baseball because the high strike will now come back into vogue and that'll change a lot of things. As so many guys are just looking to launch the baseball out of the ballpark, you can't do that with the high strike. And, And Ken, I think this is safe to say in this shortened season, I don't care what your stats are. You know that old saying, back of the baseball card? I don't care what your numbers are going to be at the end of the year. It's just get into the postseason, and what I care about is you're you're firing all cylinders once you get into the postseason. Right, exactly. And then 
how the A's deal with the fact that they're they're going to play all these double headers, right? They have four double headers coming up, and this is. Let's preface this. We know that there are more important things that base than than baseball in the country right now, and it's a real life thing to deal with a, a positive test in your traveling party. But from a strictly baseball standpoint, uh, Chris and and we've talked about how the how teams deal with adversity during this season will go a long ways to determining how well they play and then on into the postseason. So, and I think the A's will deal with this fine, but it's a test. This is the first time the A's have really been tested from this standpoint. But I go back to what, what David Forrest had said uh, in his calls uh, this week with the media in the aftermath of the acquisition of Mike Miner. And that is they had one eye on the schedule. They knew that these double headers would be stacked up. And so now really they have six starters. And so they're better equipped, I think, now, and I'm sure you agree to deal with the fact that they've got to play four doubleheaders the rest of the way, you know, assuming everything goes well between now and the end of the year, to have six starters. They're in a lot better position now than they were uh, four or five days ago. And the seven-inning doubleheaders, they kind of they don't kill your pitching staff like normally doubleheaders do, right? And the fact that right. you got 28 players – so you've got more pitchers, and the games are not as long. And I know a lot of people don't like it, but that's for another day. You know, the fact that you're only going seven in each game really helps out your pitching staff. Yeah, and I, you made the point about the A's winning a lot of games late, and I was thinking about that on Saturday when we were doing the games with the Astros because they were behind, and now after the seventh inning gets over, you don't have any chance for the – eighth or ninth inning magic and and David Feldman made a really good point too because what the strength the strength of this club so far has been their bullpen so when the game is the, the game shrinks down to seven innings then you're it, it doesn't test your bullpen depth like a nine inning game so maybe the shortened double headers don't really um, serve the best purpose for the A's no, but, you know, like everybody else, uh, you're going to have to deal with it. Everybody's That's having right. to deal with it. Everybody's having to do it. So it's not it's not like, woe is me. We're the, we're the only right. guys doing no, it. I mean, we, by we way, the, Card the Cardinals are going to play like double headers like every day. They have seven in September. Oh. No, like anything goes this year. Whatever they decide to do, that's fine. If it's two sevens, you place a runner at second base in the 10th inning, which I actually have liked a lot more than I thought I would. So DH in the National League. I love it. Yeah, you're a funny. I've actually, I think it's actually gone really well uh, to do that. I don't think, this is the way I look at this, because the A's are 5-0 and oh in, in extra innings, right? I don't think there's been any fluky games that the A's have either, well, they haven't lost any games. So I think all in all their wins, they've been the better team in that inning. And one of the games went 13 against the Astros. So I don't think that, at least in those games the A's played in the extra frames, there hasn't been any like fluky outcomes. And I think that was one of the things we worried about. The two guys that I was always wondering how they would how they would perceive something was Ken Korak and Jason Stark. Oh, was Stark, okay. And Jason Stark had to admit, I really like this. I like the strategy. I like and the way it plays out and, and it's and, and managers, the way they're managing. And you, I mean, for the first time, and this will be something because it's it's tough to ask Bowmel this because he's undefeated, right? <laughs> he, right? He's five and up. But it'll be like when the season's over to you know do sit down with him and say, okay, probably for the first time in your career as a manager you have to really start preparing for extra innings more than you ever have before. And he has changed from that standpoint too, because you saw the last time, the last game the A's played that went into the 10th, he held normally in a tie game at home, he'll use Liam Hendricks in the top of the 10th inning, in the top of the ninth inning. So if it's tied going to the top of the ninth, there are no more save situations for the home team. He had Soria pitch the ninth and he held Hendricks for the 10th in case the game went to the 10th. Because Bo Mel has morphed in his thinking because, Chris, a strikeout pitcher in the 10th inning gives you a big advantage. Because when you're starting somebody at second base, you want to at least move them up, get, hit a ground ball to the right side, move them up, get a sack fly, score runs. So if, if you've got a guy that's got swing and miss stuff, I think it's hugely beneficial when the game goes to the 10th.
And the reality is, is a lot of teams have those guys. You know, we got to wait. I mean, I mean, Ken, in our careers, you know, guys that threw 98 miles an hour, that was just an anomaly. Now everybody's got those guys. So it's uh, watching these bullpens and watching the strategy uh, has been a lot of fun. And watching this deadline, I mean, who knew that the big players would be the Padres? And we're going to see the Padres starting on Friday. I don't know if it means much uh, because the Dodgers, uh, they've they've won seven in a row. They have the best record. I mean, they're just they're they're 26 and 10. They've outscored their opponents in these seven games, Ken, 50 to 19. They are flat out hammering people. Their run differential is plus 90. It's insane. It's like twice as good as anybody else. They're the best team in baseball, right? I mean, you guys agree with that. I mean, they, they are. The, the other thing about the deadline, and the Padres got all the headlines, and I think for good reason, with the acquisition of, of Clevenger and, and some of the other moves they made, getting Nola from the Mariners and Mitch Moreland from the Red Sox, the, the American League was generally quiet in terms of acquiring veteran players. Now, the American League team's got a lot of prospects back, uh, especially the Mariners, but with the exception of the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays really revamped their pitching staff. Uh, they got three veteran starters over the deadline. It's not out of the question. We'll see the Blue Jays in the, the best of three. But so the, the American League teams, in, in terms of really feeling like we have to go out and bolster our club and get a, a marquee veteran, that didn't really happen much in the American League. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Jays. That's right. <laughs> well, and Taiwan Walker, who pitched great against the A's in Seattle, has already paid a, a big dividend for them. And uh, his first start on Saturday, six innings of shutout ball. But, you know, you were talking about, like, old guys like me and kind of moving us off of our, you know, our set-in-our-ways kind of positions. You still haven't convinced Fosse of the two sevens, right? I mean, oh he, yeah, there's no that. Still I, resisting that, right? I, I've I, I've stopped. I've stopped. Yeah. Because I said, Ray, remember, like high school. Like I guess when he was in high school, they didn't play double headers, and then his whole life has been pro ball. Because in college, Ken, we would do that. In college, we would play nine, and then the second game would be seven. So in, in this, the, the way we're kind of doing the double headers is either high school or college to where you're ba- basically going to go like a half hour after. It's not going to be like this long wait to clear everybody out, you know, like traditionally. And it's like, all right, everybody go in, grab a sandwich and the starting pitcher, go down, warm up and let's get this thing going in a half hour. Yeah, we're not going to convince Ray. I've, I, 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 I tried. It's just not going to work. That Vince Scully's suggestion was just what you said, because he's resistant to it, too. And, and I understand that completely. I mean, I'm not a big fan of it, but it's it's OK for this year. Just what you said, like play nine in the first game and seven in the second game. But, uh, but we're, we're OK. I mean, like we said, whatever they want to do this year, it's OK. Yeah. And, it you know, if you're going to I think they were smart, Ken, by realizing and I don't think the media was prepared because like the media, I don't know. It's like, it's like they went into this season thinking no one was going to test positive to where we found out once things kind of went down with the Marlins, you had people like Stan Caston, the president of the Dodgers, who's been in pro sports forever, was like, hey, no, 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 we, we knew there are going to be some positive tests. That's why we have the alternate site. We do have a game plan. And, and now looking back on it, they realized, okay, I guess you do have to play worst case scenario when you are making the rules. And they had to have realized if one team gets it and we're going to have to sit them out for a while, they're going to have to play a ton of double headers. So probably we should make these seven, seven innings in case someone has to play a lot of them. And of course that has happened. And it's probably now in the end, a good idea. Right. And I think baseball might've been rocked on its heels a little bit, Chris with what happened early this year once the season started with the Marlins. And so Major League Baseball has adjusted, don't you think? Yes. Because it's the, the protocols have become much more stringent. Everything is much more regimented. And I applaud what you said earlier in the first segment about we should really applaud the, the team that wins the World Series for all that they're going to have to go through this year and then an extra round of playoffs. So, and that's, I think it's one reason why the A stayed in Houston as long as they did. And my understanding is that they might be flying back to the Bay Area, at least much of the traveling party today. 
and not playing that series in Seattle at all. And th those words you hear now, the uh, out of an abundance of caution, and that's the approach that that baseball has taken with the A's. And and I think that you know there's nothing wrong with that. I think right now because the the overall health of uh, you know every person in every organization is by far the most important thing. And so the A's get back to baseball on Friday, and like you were saying, that should be a great series with the Padres. Well, and, and sadly, we just think of positive and negative test. And really, there's the mental standpoint of this, where these people, these humans need to feel safe, whether it's the players, coaches, managers, the, 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 the medical people, the training staff. You know, I, I mentioned Mickey and Voose. Everybody's got to feel like I'm I, I know I'm I know I'm risking something, but I got to feel mm -hmm. safe. That's why I think it's good to go, all right, not going to Seattle, not deal right. with the hotel. We're going to get you guys all back home, see your wives, see your kids, just mentally kind of regroup here before the Padres come to town. I agree. So you can have a clear head when you go back to work. And I think that's really important for everybody. So I think you're right. And this has been a really emotional, intense last week. I mean, beginning with uh, the protest, the, the two games the A's didn't play in the aftermath of uh, – the shooting of Jacob Blake. So it's been really emotional, really intense. Now you have these games you have to make up. So uh, I think in a perfect world, and Marcus Simeon being hurt, he's not going on the IL, we understand, uh, at least not for now. So I think in the best case, to look at that glass half full or half empty uh, for the A's right now, it is a chance to, to regroup and, and restart things beginning on Friday night. And then you throw in, there was the threat of the hurricane. Right. I mean, no, there was a lot like, going on. It was like, you gotta be, I mean, and, and for all the people, I mean, that was, it was devastating. I mean, Laura was absolutely devastating, mm -hmm. but I, you know, when we talked to Jeff Blum down in Houston, you know, they, they just had to deal with Harvey. What was that in 2017? How devastating when you have right. the fourth largest city in the country, completely underwater, how scared I was with the Raiders last season there and talked to people about it. And you know, they, they're still rocked by that to think that another one was coming and the A's were flying down to it. They had to get the angels out of there as fast as they can. I mean, you are right, Ken. We've been dealing with a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff. And I think getting back home is really going to be, uh, it's really going to be nice for the A's to get back and, and uh, be at home. Like you said, with their families. And then you begin this final push and we'll see how things work out. They've got a great shot to get one of the, the high, high seeds. I don't even know that that matters a whole lot. I think playing at home is really important. So whether you're in the one, two, three, or four spots, if you, uh, you know, if you win your division, even if you're not the first or second seed, I think playing at home is important for those first three games, the best of three. Because it sounds like, Chris, they're really, they're really thinking seriously about the bubble idea yeah. in the postseason, but that you would play the best of three in your home ballpark. And I still think, and there's this great debate whether home field means that much this year. I know the numbers say that the home team, the, the winning percentage for the home teams is down. I don't agree with that as it pertains to the A's and especially at the Coliseum. The A's record of the Coliseum is really like 13 and four at home. So I think getting home field for the best of three would be big for the A's. Now, obviously, we as A's fans, even though we can't be in the ballpark, we want them at home. But if this thing has to go to a bubble to protect everybody and to do it right, because we've seen now the example of the NHL and the NBA, if we got to watch and you're calling games that are at Chavez Ravine or Petco and you're back in Oakland, if that just keeps it, if that gets us through the World Series, then so be it. I mean, if it's got to be a neutral site, it, it, I mean, we shouldn't get too, I mean, the Super Bowl every single year is decided right. on, a, on, a, on a neutral site. I mean, if it has to be that way, it has to be that way. I mean, it's going to be a neutral site in the NBA. It's going to be a neutral site. I mean, I mean, it's you're playing at Disney World for God's sakes in the NBA. So it's going. I agree. It's just, it's just this year. I agree. Yeah, whatever keeps the players as safe as possible. But why not make one of the bubble sites the Bay Area? Come on, the weather is perfect out here in October. You know, you just go across the bay. You've got the Giants in the. It doesn't sound like they're thinking about that, but no. you know, why not? 
Well, I, I just know if, if we have games at Dodger Stadium, then we're going to get your your impersonation of Vince Scully throughout the series. Well, yeah, and you. How about the A's and the Dodgers in the World Series? Oh, well, when we were down there at spring training, Ken, and you remember that was the game I had Dave Roberts, and I left a few days after that, but. I mean, that that was one of our best shows down there, Ace Cast Live, because we had, you know, Bob Nightingale was there. Ken Rosenthal was there. A lot of the heavy hitters media-wise that cover our game, uh, they were there, and a lot of them were saying, hey, this game today, obviously it's just a spring training game, but these are two heavyweights, and this could be a preview of the World Series. There was a lot of people talking about that at that game in Mesa. Could be. Dave Roberts is one of the great guys in the game, isn't he? Yeah. And he is a total class act. He really gets it in so many. Reminds me of Bob Melvin from the standpoint that he is like the full, the complete package. He embodies everything you want in a manager. But to turn it back to the A's, I think for the A's to really advance in the postseason this year, Chris, they have to get Frankie Montas back on track. Because if you look at at what you need in the postseason to be successful. You need dominant starting pitching, right? I'm, I'm sure you agree. And so Frankie is the guy with maybe Frankie and Lazardo are the two guys that have that big-time stuff potential where you can get on their back in a postseason run, and he can, he can dominate pretty much anybody. So he's that one pitcher I look at right now. I think Montas, and then the other thing would be getting Matt Olson going. From you know on the offensive side of things, and we'll see how Tommy Listella. I think the acquisition of Listella. I know we haven't talked about that today on the show, but I think that's going to pay off for the A's too. Oh, I I I love it because we've talked about whether it's on the A's clubhouse show or A's cast live. They've really missed somebody like Jed Lowry, right? And unfortunately, I think this is the end of the road for Jed. We love him, great guy. Stanford guy, really bright. Uh, his career everywhere else couldn't stay healthy, but when he was with the A's, he was a beast. He was an extra base hitting machine. Loved having him on the program. A's have missed a guy that makes a lot of contact, a guy that makes people in front of him and behind him better because he's getting those hits. And it's not about analytics. It's about moving the line and lengthening out the, the lineup, and I think about Tommy LaStella the other day in the game, runner on third, I think it was one out, a simple ground ball to second, break, second base, brought the runner in, and I went, aha, I know that's not big for people, but how many times have we watched guys strike out, and it just goes to show putting the ball in play, even though it wasn't a base hit, it brought in a run, and I think LaStella kind of brings that Jed Lowry factor to this lineup. He's only struck out seven times this year. So I think what you're saying is that that Lowry was an underrated, unheralded component with those great A's teams because he really was. And he could bat him in the three spot. He would grind out every at bat. Deep counts, wouldn't strike out much, always put the bat on the ball. So I think that's a good comp with Listella. Not sure that Listella is as accomplished a hitter as Jed was. But yeah, you, you can't, I mean, I know that and we've talked about this a ton, but with the, you know, strikeouts and the, it's been devalued, right? People used to really frown on players who had a lot of strikeouts. Doesn't happen anymore. You don't score a runner from third base with less than two outs if the guy at the plate strikes out. You got to put the ball in play. And I think especially in the postseason where the pitching gets better and the games kind of get narrowed down into more low-scoring games where the little nuanced aspects of baseball become a lot more important. Putting the bat on the ball, moving runners and doing all those those little things become all the more important when the pitching gets better in the postseason. Ken, don't tell anybody this, but if the A's go on to win the World Series, I'll be like, the A's won the Donaldson trade. They won the Donaldson <laughs> trade. Tommy Listella, it worked. It worked. Uh, I'll trade that right now. I'll trade it. I'll take it. We're getting way ahead of ourselves Of here. course. But I've thought about this, too. Like, what if the A's win a, like a big postseason series and we're lucky enough to to win the World Series and we're calling the games off a TV monitor and I'm sitting there by myself in the visiting TV booth? 
Are you going to pour champagne yeah. on yourself? <laughs> yeah. Catronio, he always is. All these years, he hasn't been in the postseason. He goes down to the clubhouse. And so we're going to have to figure something out if that happens, right? So, all right. I just you want know. you to get ready for this. Uh, already today in my notes, I got the, the Rays have a magic number. Their, yeah, their magic right? number is 22. And uh, the next time you're on the air, well, we'll have you on Thursday. But the next time you're calling a game, it's going to be September 4th. 20-game winning streak time, too, because the commander was talking about that, too. Right? A, a lot of great memories from those days. <laughs> 18 years ago, man. Do you believe that? It was 18 years ago? I I was I was doing morning radio on KMBR at the time. That's how long ago that was. You weren't even with us then. No, I was on the I was on KMBR. I mean, I that was so long that my kids weren't even born yet. I'd just been married. I mean, when you think of how long ago that was. You know, and I'm screaming and yelling, right? <laughs> But all those games, like Tejada, it seemed like every single game, Tejada, at the, towards the end, he was always coming up with the big hit. And and that game was crazy because that was like one of those games where they got such the big lead against Kansas City and this thing's over and Huddy's on the mound. And I remember having to get ready for work the next day because when you're doing morning radio, as you know, you got to get up at the crack of dawn. And I like, couldn't believe it. Oh, my God, the Royals came all the way. I, just, just the whole thing. Well, it was so magical, Ken. They did a movie about it and a book. Yeah, and I still get the residual checks for like $11, you know, every month or so from Sony Pictures. <laughs> Your money ball money? <laughs> yeah, my wife gets the message. Hey, we can go out to dinner tonight. We got $13 <laughs> from Sony Pictures from Moneyball. Uh, that is a true story. We're still getting residuals. but That's crazy. Yeah, Miggy, the 18th and 19th games, of course, will forever be in A's. He'll be immortalized in A's lore. For the home run in the 18th game off uh, everyday Eddie Gardado and then the single to center against the Royals in the 19th game. And then, you know, obviously Hatterberg and his heroics in the 20th game. All righty. Hit him straight. Hit him straighter than I do. That's the best advice I got. You're going to come along with your golf game. I'm hoping. You got to get rid of some of the foul balls. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. Like one hole, I mean, I look like Babe Ruth. And then the next hole, I look like uh, that guy that needs to be DFA'd. It's golf, Chris. <laughs> you know what? I mean, it's a really hard game. <laughs> it's a tough game. You know, there's Even sometimes the I go, why don't I? There are days the best guys on tour go out and shoot 80. I mean, not that often, but it happens, right? It's a tough game. There's some days, Ken, where I go, why am I not playing tennis? I could be getting better exercise. When I was working at, I know you got to go, I was working at Bennett Valley, the Muni course up in Santa Rosa. And the head pro was a good friend of mine named Kelly Wolf. And he'd give people lessons and stuff, and he was a real outgoing character. And they'd say, you know, what do you think about my golf game and what I need to do? And he'd say, take up tennis. <laughs> it's better exercise yeah. all righty voice of summer uh you have tomorrow off and you'll be back we'll do fossey tomorrow because god knows ray's itching can you imagine ray fossey without baseball he's climbing he, the walls right now he would do a 24-hour show with you if he could and then uh we'll have you back on thursday and uh hope to god we're hearing you on friday call a's and padres and that's the Bo Mel Show for today. The great Ken Korak, the voice of summer, the voice of your A's right here. Thank you, Ken. All right, Thank that you, is going to do it for A's Cast Live. We just want to come on for an hour, talk a little baseball, update the trades, update stuff that matters, You know, give you a little baseball. We're going to do it tomorrow from 3 to 4. We're going to do Thursday 3 to 4, and then we'll be back at it on Friday. We're going to be celebrating the 20-game win streak. We're going to have, Commander, I'll let you break the news. Go ahead. Uh, we're going to have uh, Mark Ellis, who was on that team. Uh, David Force, who just started with the A's whenever uh, – he was like in his second year, I think, with the A's when, when the winning streak happened. Oh, yeah, and the guy from the movie, uh, Chris Pratt. Not really Chris Pratt. The real Scott Hederberg will be on the show on Friday as well. So we got a lot of stuff planned for – Friday, I can't wait. Uh, we did it last year, but this year, 18 years ago. And I, I guess Ken said uh, tomorrow would be the 18th win, 19th win, and 20 will be on Friday. So Ken's calls, by the way, for the Tejada walk-offs are great. 
So maybe I'll sneak those in tomorrow, but uh, looking forward to the next couple of days and, inc- and of course, Friday. So, All right, so we'll be back Friday 3 to 5-ish. 5.30. 3 to 5.30, but don't forget, tomorrow 3 to 4 with the great Raymond Fossey, and then Thursday 3 to 4 with the great Ken Korak. We'll be back. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Be well, be safe. We'll see you tomorrow. Now back to A's Cast, powered by iHeartRadio. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 